You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Hey guys, welcome to ISO, the Buns Podcast. So the interview this week is with the owners of my favorite Toronto bar, Tilt. But before we get there, how was your week? This weekend, this past weekend was record store day. I went a little bit crazy, bought a bunch of records, been listening to a lot of music. I hope your weekend was good, enjoyed the sun and the warmth. Yeah, I want to hear what you guys are up to. I also want to know what buns means to you. So let's get in contact and let's get those out there because I think buns is different to everybody. If you've got a story to tell about buns, contact me, podcast at buns.com. Also, check out the new buns podcast network at podcast.buns.com. That's podcast.buns.com. Anyway, time for this week in buns. Hey everybody. Hi Buns. Welcome to This Week in Buns. My name is Koji. I'm Callie B. And uh, let's recap some stories from the week. Uh, I guess since I probably have a couple more links than you do this week, which is rare. Super rare. I don't know what happened. (laughs) I'm going to start. Now if I... Uh, I forgot what we t- like what we talked about last week versus uh, this week. So if I repeat anything, you're gonna have to like scold me here because let me just check the dates on all of these. Oh no, these are all new. Okay. I literally so if- like I thought I had so much to talk about, um, but really I have one incredibly important thing to talk about, and then I had like three other things saved. <laughs> well, I have nothing important to talk about, or everything is important. I'm not sure, but. Uh, one of my favorite things ever right now is Cassie posted Riverdale buns. I knit this hat for a friend, but it's too small for her. Do you have a smaller head? Are you in love with Jughead Jones? I did see that. I don't know Pick what. Up maybe banana and Adelaide. Maybe maybe Facebook just lost all of my links. I did see that. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, it's like a knit beanie that has like the crown edges. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. Well, my head is way too small. I mean, sorry, my head is way too big for something so small or else yeah, I, I would just snatch it up. But are you are you watching Riverdale? Yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's my yeah. like guilty pleasure. Yeah. You know what it's though? Like great. when people ask me about it, I'm like, yeah, it's it's all right, but it's very compelling. It is. And I like can't wait to like watch the next episode. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I, I can't, I can't point to anything that is like exceptional, but it, it just has all the elements of you know the dramas that I like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and for the record, Jughead Jones is Veronica Mars. What? Same character. They're the same character. Uh, you still there? You know what? Yeah, I am. I was just thinking. I didn't watch Veronica Mars enough to actually know if that's true, so I'll take your word on it. Oh, yeah, you definitely should check it out. They're like brooding know-it-all. Yeah. Mm. Mm, Same yeah, thing. okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do you got for us? Okay, so top of the show, I want to talk about this poor cat 
because this is actually important and it's upsetting and heartbreaking. Um, and I don't know if you saw it or not because it was posted in the main zone, but I don't know if it was taken down because there is a link um, like to a GoFundMe to help um, pay for this cat's rehabilitation. Um, and those are like kind of not allowed. Um, so uh, GoFundMes are generally for pets allowed in Buns Pet Zone. Um, sure. Usually GoFundMes will get taken down from like main buns and stuff because they don't want it to like flood the feeds, which is great. Um, but this is so heartbreaking. And I was kind of like, I feel like the more people that know about this, the better um, to sort of help out. So what happened was uh, this person had their cat uh, get out of their house. Like it's an indoor cat. It's not like they didn't like let their cat outside. They're not negligent cat owners, but their cat got out of the house the other day, managed to get onto a construction site in the area. And they think, I mean, they're assuming from his injuries that, um, Someone at the construction site dumped paint all over him. Like, this cat is covered in paint. And then somebody also sprayed that terrible spray foam that hardens immediately on its face. Like, it's on this cat's... Like, it's right above his eyes. Some of it got in his eyes. Um, There was an update. um, Like, on the actual GoFundMe, there is an update from the post that says... Um, that he definitely has um, his eyes, like he may have ongoing, like possibly for life, like injuries to his eyes and may have to like keep getting medical attention like forever. This poor cat, like these photos are just heartbreaking. He's like covered in spray foam and it's like all over his poor little face. Um, He is doing well now. Um, he's fine. Like he didn't, he, he's okay. Um, but he obviously has a ton of medical expenses. Um, I actually am going to donate. I like literally, I'm like waiting to get paid from a bunch of places and I'm like kind of low on money, but like, and I don't really ever donate to like GoFundMes and stuff, but this is just mm-hmm. heartbreaking. So they actually have reached their goal. You can still donate. Um, they're at, of their $3,000 goal. So they've made over their goal. Um, But I just felt so bad for this cat. And like the messages of like love and support on this page are like on the actual, you can like read them all on the GoFundMe. So yeah, it was heartbreaking and um, it's really nice. I hadn't uh, checked the GoFundMe in a couple of days. So it's nice to look at it now and see that they've actually like surpassed their goal. Because the last time I checked, they only had a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, I can attest to how much it can cost to have a pet that is nominally healthy. I mean, I have a cat yeah. that had diabetes and that oh. whole adventure was uh, expensive. And, you know, my dog just got a bunch of shots and even that was expensive. So I can only imagine what, what, it, w- what it would be like to have like a... Like emergency a, spray foam removal from your cat's face. Like, Yeah. I mean, it... It very easily could have been an accident. You never know. Cats put themselves into precarious positions. And if it was wandering around a construction site, who knows? But uh, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, we can't like accuse anybody. But to be fair, like if it was just covered in paint, I'd be like, yeah, maybe it knocked over some paint on itself. But it literally got sprayed in the face with you have to like you need like opposable thumbs to operate a, like sure. a spray can. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So. I'm just picturing a scenario where it like got paint dripped on it it like you know jumped out of the way or something and then into the path of maybe the spray foam or whatever like who knows it like it matter. may not have been 
Um, yeah, it could not have been malicious, us. but yeah. but for sure it's it's awful, and and this uh, the cat definitely needs some help. Like for real, guys. I know people love having like ugh, cats like going outside, and but honestly, like keep your cats inside. There was even another post like in Pet Zone this week being like please keep your pets inside because some neighbor let their cat out and like um like the, a, the dog the cat was like in the backyard this is a whole other post um that was just like someone's cat got mauled by a husky that is like uh like a very like prey oriented husky and it was just because, like, the neighbor's cat was in their yard and the lady who let her dog out didn't realize there was a cat, like, hiding in the yard when she let her dog out. And now, like, she's helping pay for the vet bills of this cat. Anyway, that was a whole other, like, Buns post that was just, like, maybe think about keeping your cats inside. They're definitely yeah, yeah. safer. There's, like, so much terrible, especially, like, it's spring and distemper. Like, the raccoons all have distemper. Like, there's so many reasons to have like indoor cats it just makes me so concerned <laughs> like when people let their cats outside i know some cats are like great at being independent but well okay let's 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 switch anyway. gears <laughs> yeah, let's gear move on. <laughs> to uh, a lighthearted a more a slightly more lighthearted uh plea for help asteroid posts in the main trading zone tech savvy buns hey guys so I water damaged my phone while trying to take a fire nude in the shower. <laughs> and now I'm trying to retrieve all my photos from said broken phone. I'm totally computer clueless. And whenever I plug in my semi-functional phone into a computer to look for the camera DCIM files to import the photos, it shows there is nothing there. I feel like maybe I need to install the device drivers. How do I do this? The screen is totally black, so I can't email them to myself, and I just want to get all my photos off without putting my fire nudes in the hand of some IT guy from WinMobile. Please help me, Buns. It's a Galaxy S6. Hashtag save the nudes. I don't know if they ever figured this out. This was actually one of the only posts that I had saved this week, and I thought oh. it was because I thought it was really funny. Yeah, um, it's hilarious. And I felt really bad for her. So my. This doesn't help this person now, um, but if this ever happens to anyone in the future, um, I've actually rescued phones from water damage. So little known fact, um, if you're not super tech savvy, it is not water that ruins electronics. It is electronics being on when they get wet that ruins electronics. Like it's when there's actual Correct. electricity going through them. You can literally take a keyboard, like a USB keyboard that you plug into your computer and run it through the dishwasher to clean it but you have to let it dry out for like a couple of weeks uh, before you use it again. Um, so if you ever, I have actually like dropped a couple of iPhones in the toilet, um, like they've fallen out of my pocket and like grab the phone, immediately turn it off as quickly as humanly possible so that there's no electricity running through it. And then you can dry it out. Um, apparently putting it in rice isn't a great idea because dust from the rice can get in and then expand and ruin the phone. Um, so what I did with mine is I Googled how to take an iPhone apart uh, and I like broke it in half and then I pointed a hairdryer at it on like a really low like almost no heat setting and just left it for like hours and hours and hours. And I did that for a few days. And when I finally decided to try it and turn the phone back on, it was fine. Yeah. So essentially 
the two things that will damage uh, an electronic device like this, like you said, is um, if, if it's on while water's running through it, because essentially what that does is connect things that aren't supposed to be connected. And just imagine taking a wire and placing it from one point to another that shouldn't be touching each other. And that's what the water's doing. Mm. The second thing is depending on what the liquid is, right? It might have sediment in it and it can cause, um, it can cause shorts anyways, if it, if it leaves behind residue that will connect things. So just be really careful. You want to make sure that you dry it out as quickly as possible. Um, and you know, just try not to dump your phone in something that has like sugar or salt because then you're in even more trouble. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Salt, salt water phones. Um, so yeah, I don't, there's like a ton of replies on this. People were actually very helpful. Um, but I don't know if they ever actually figured it out. So I want to, I want an update on this. I want to know if she managed to save the nudes. Yeah. You know what? And kudos to buns. Because it took a lot longer than I expected for somebody to ask for a copy of Sud Nudes. Somebody asked? <laughs> I, it was bound to happen. I didn't see it. So uh, she actually commented later on in the post, in all caps, I need to salvage these nudes. And the second comment on it is, can I get one? <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe if you help her figure out how to get them off it, you can see them. But otherwise, they are lost to the world forever. True. Um, okay so you know what i saw today this was literally posted like an hour ago uh Mm. so just as a heads up fyi for people um somebody posted a photo and a video of a guy um using a uh like lock cutter to cut a lock off a bike um and this person was like i don't know obviously like you don't know if it's his bike and he lost the key and needs to like get his own bike back or if he's stealing it. So this person was just like, hey, Buns, I was walking out of a convenience store on Kensington Ave earlier this evening and I saw a kind of sketchy looking person cutting a bike lock. I've never seen anyone steal a bike before, but I thought if this is the case, I should maybe report it. I don't know if I did the right thing trying to intervene, but yeah, it looked hella sketch. If I, I'd have a bike stolen before and it sucks. Um, so there are pictures and a video here. If you today, like this literally was posted an hour ago, um, it's Sunday. So if you got your bike stolen uh, in Kensington Market on Sunday, uh, April 23rd, it might be this, like it might have been this guy and you might have video evidence. Um, It also might be his bike. Nobody knows. So there's actually another similar story of the pretty much exact same thing happening on Bloor between, you know where the Dirty Bird is? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, just but like in that alleyway there, somebody came out of the sushi restaurant, I think like sushi on Bloor or whatever, popped out and was like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Because he saw somebody cut the the bike lock and then the guy just grabbed the bike and ran. So I'm pretty sure in this case, that's a stolen bike, but... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's this one a is legit. Like this guy has a, an extension cord and like, like a lock cutter plugged in. It's not just like. So he's not incognito. <laughs> well, no, it's there's like a giant cord that's like attached to a plug somewhere. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, uh, take a look at this. If you've had your bike stolen, I'm sorry. It might have been this guy. Okay, well, I don't have anything stolen that I can I can um, 
offer up here. But what about something given? Fia mm. posts, ISO, the man who gave me his umbrella on Palmerston not 20 minutes ago. That was sweet. You must be pretty decent. And you might be cute. She doesn't know it was dark. <laughs> if that wasn't your girlfriend getting into your vehicle with you and you might be interested, hi. <laughs> Oh, so we've got a missed connection. Yeah, she was redirected to the missed connection zone, but, uh, you know, maybe hopefully she finds her man. That's hilarious. Um, there were some um, really good uh, debates raging in Helping Zone uh, this week. Uh, okay. Yesterday, Ken uh, Turner posted, there's like a million Kens, um, so it's not the usual Ken that we're talking about this time. Different Ken posted, trying to win an argument, is chili a soup? Hmm. Tough call. That's, uh, that's a tough one. And yeah, so know. there's like 55 comments debating. Most people are saying no. Uh, it's definitely more of a stew, but it's not even a stew because it doesn't have like a broth or like stock really it's you like you usually use tomatoes mm -hmm. everyone's like no chili is chili <laughs> there's literally like most of people are just saying no chili is chili uh, well, let me ask you a question here yeah is a hot dog a sandwich no well i don't know <laughs> that's, a, that's another a hot dog Exactly, exactly. Well, if you find an answer to this question, if chili is a stew or not, you got to let me know. Well, soup. It was specifically a soup, so people were oh. saying like it's maybe more of a stew. Yeah, I, I would, I would. The stew thing would give me pause, but soup, soup is a stretch. Yeah, soup is like way more liquidy. Yeah. In um, fact, when you use the term soupy. It's because it's liquidy. Yeah, exactly. And chili, I mean, a good chili isn't going to be that liquidy. If it's a shitty chili, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So, well, yeah, if you guys want to weigh in on this, the, the debate is still raging. This was only posted yesterday. I can't help you with that one, but it is making me pretty hungry. Well, okay. I have another question. Um, oh. Michelle asks, what's a better accessory, a baby or a dog? What about a baby dog? Oh, shit. <laughs> you just blew this question out of the water. That's clearly the best answer. Um, I think most people are like, um, neither. <laughs> uh, as an answer on this, uh, someone says dogs stay cute longer and can be crate trained. So that's a good point. Someone in the comments was like, wait, you can't crate train a baby? <laughs> I don't... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in in baby mode just yet. I I like my dog just fine. Although I they're both a lot of trouble. I would most, say most most people are voting dog. Uh, someone says a dog. It's weird to pet a stranger's baby. <laughs> well, I think that uh, the buns demographic might be a little bit skewed on that one. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Well, I don't have any questions for you. But let's see if I can come up with a solution. SAR posts, date night buns, get your hands on this basket with these date night goodies. It looks like somebody had put down, put together a date. Wow. Wow, I can't <laughs> speak today. Someone has put together a date night goodie basket. Ooh. So we have, we have some scented soaps 
a lush bath bomb, a massage roller bo- roller bar, candles, very sensual, a $25 Boston pizza voucher, two free tickets to the Toronto Zoo. That's I don't know if that's a nighttime activity. Uh, I think sometimes they might have adult nights, actually. I could be wrong. Bath salts. The like good the kind. <laughs> the good kind, not the dangerous to society kind. Dude, bath salts and then eat each other's faces off. Date night. <laughs> and then four surprise blockbuster DVDs. Blockbuster? Oh, wait. They mean like blockbuster movies, not like from blockbuster. I was imagining that this person had like when Blockbuster, like the store you used to rent videos at closed down, went and bought a bunch of DVDs. Oh, yeah. That's what this is. Is it? Oh, my God. They have the the Blockbuster video sticker there for sure. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Okay. Because that's what I assumed. And then I realized that Blockbuster is also just a word for like a big Hollywood movie that did. Oh, no, 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 no. Definitely Blockbuster because like it says previewed DVD. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you're looking to get your date on, this this box might be for you. That's hilarious. Um, okay, well, so um, I wanted to briefly cover this because uh, it's an animal that needs a home and it's a real cute one. Um, somebody posted today, actually in Helping Zone, strangely, it's not in Pet Zone, um, that they have a really cute little white rat that needs a forever home. Uh, his name is Sniffles, which is very cute. Um, this person is um, like going on a trip. She's postponed her trip to ensure that he finds a new family. Uh, he's a little skittish, but he does not bite. He's never tried to escape. He's super cute. Um, she doesn't have a cage. Oh, because he was originally bought to feed the snakes. But he oh, yeah, was really sweet and friendly, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> and now he's too big. Oh, my God. That's so cute. Yeah. I hadn't read this entire post when I, I like saved it. Um, I also nothing but good vibes and the promise that you'll take good care of him. And you know what? I have had pet rats before oh, and they are amazing pets. If you, they're actually one of the cleanest animals. Uh, if you keep their cage clean, they groom themselves constantly, like more than cats do. And they're rad. Like they'll just sit on your shoulder or if you have like a sweatshirt, they really like climbing into like the arms of the sweatshirt and like hanging out at the bottom of the sweatshirt where it like curves over and they'll just hang out on you for like literally hours while you like watch Netflix or, you know, like look at Facebook and Bonds trade stuff like they're so chill and they're like really cool little pets. Yeah, I definitely uh, I definitely suggest if you're looking for some, you know, a smaller variety caged animal. Rats are, are yeah, somebody better than please like adult snuffles. Better than gerbils or um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. I've had them all, and I'll tell you that the rats seem seem to do. Yeah, they're super smart too. Yeah, and this one's like pure white, like it doesn't have spots or anything. He's a really cute little white rat. So somebody please um, adopt this rat and then start him an Instagram so I can follow you because he's adorable and I want to see more pictures. Well, uh, speaking of adoptions, I just sent you a link to uh, Sarah's post where she says, I've had this little guy for a few years and I think he slash she wants to move though. Four feet tall and made of sturdy plastic with a solid head. 
It is a creepy, <laughs> creepy, creepy <laughs> child mannequin that it looks like it's like one hand is like in the form of a shocker or something. Oh no, just uh, just two fingers for what for it whatever looks like reason. A gun. Kind of like a handgun. I mean, not uh, like a handgun, like I, you when you make a gun with your hand. <laughs> it's it's weird as fuck though. This thing. I'm actually kind of upset that you sent me the link to this, and now I'm looking at it. To be quite off, to be quite honest, like, um, this person did post do this in um, creepy buns because creepy buns would actually be into this, and somebody might trade them for it. For sure, it's uh, it's something else, man. Every once in a while, you encounter this type of shit, and I'm just like, whoa. Oh, the very Woo. last comment on this is must have if not spoken for yet. So at least one person wants this thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know That's why, good. but they do. It's terrifying. I hate it. <laughs> you got, you got uh, anything else for us? Uh, yeah, I have another question. Um, Annie May posted in Helping Zone, legitimate question. Do people like Bill Nye the Science Guy? I just found out that my boyfriend apparently hated him, and I'm shocked because what? I have never met anyone that didn't like Bill Nye and his science show. Yo, that's um, so fucking Bill Nye's awesome. The second comment is Bill Nye the science guy is amazing. You fully need to dump your boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, look, look, look. Uh, I think we can all agree he's no Beekman, but he's pretty good. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, do yourself a favor and Google Beekman's world. Because as a kid, that was my favorite weird fucking real science show. To be fair, like everyone in the comments is very upset that this girl's boyfriend hates Bill Nye the Science Guy. Um, even like someone was like, why does your boyfriend hate him? I'm going to try to reserve judgment until we get some sort of explanation, but low-key already judging. And she replied and she said, he says he thought him and the show were always boring. And then everyone just starts yelling. <laughs> and Bill Nye actually just came out with a new science show that's on Netflix, which I've been hearing mixed reviews about. Um, some people are really, really into it and some aren't. But like pretty much everyone is upset and everyone's telling her to break up with him <laughs> in the comments. So that's yeah, I don't understand how you hate Bill Nye. If you are um, currently dating, um, make sure that when you're on the date, you ask how the person feels about Bill Nye, the science guy before you like lock it down and commit and then end up like this girl. Oh my god! You don't really see shows like that anymore, do you? I guess Cosmos was on TV, but it—it's like more That's for not adults. really for kids, yeah. Anyway. Okay, I anyway. have one more. Yeah. Last one, which actually um, was not in. So this was posted in Bun's admin zone because it's a screenshot from Bun's trading zone, Ottawa. Oh, okay. I was going to say, are you allowed to talk about this? Well, no, no, no. Yeah, because it's it's just from Bun's Trading Zone, Ottawa. I'm just not in Bun's Trading Zone, Ottawa. Um, so I mm. can't. And it's just a screenshot of the actual trade that happened like publicly there. Um, so maybe I'll post, maybe I'll ask and post the screenshot. In, sure. I can also like black out people's names if they care, but it's not like a big deal. Um, so this girl was like, hey, Buns, my now ex-boyfriend tried to gift me some Tim Burton-inspired high tops last night while breaking up with me in Confederation Park. Not sure if they're still there or if you're into dumpster diving, but they are in a trash can next to the fountain in a brown box. They're size nine women's white with a bunch of Burton characters on the side. And then there's like photos. There's also like, so the screenshot includes the comments and someone in the comments went and got the shoes 
and posted a picture of it with the comment, that was the weirdest treasure hunt I've ever been on. And then the original poster was actually, was like, yes, I'm so glad somebody found them. <laughs> so uh, even wow. though it was like a shitty situation for the poster, uh, it ended up being like a weird and fun treasure hunt for someone else who now has Tim Burton high tops. That's pretty sweet. So yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll black out names uh, for anonymity and um, post this in the podcast zone so you guys can see it. Because I thought it was really, that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's amazing. And tragic, if, but also cool. <laughs> if anyone uh, got um, the Thelonious Monk Record Store Day release and wants to break up with their significant other and throw that <laughs> in the trash, I will go to that trash can and gladly dig it out. But uh, yeah, I don't really... The last one I had, I just closed accidentally, but it was somebody trying to trade a fully working with all the accessories Motorola Razor, the original Razor. What? It still works? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Pictures the guy that I dated up. literally 10 years ago had one of those. Yeah, I had one. I never I did. One. I wasn't cool enough. My Cell phones... very Pearl. I really wanted the Razor. Hey, man, the Pearl was pretty sweet. I had one of those, too. I had a Pearl, and I had, uh, what was the other one, the bigger one? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Blackberries were sweet back in the day. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was nice to have, like, the individual keys for texting and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. We've come a far, far away in such a short period of time, though, that's for sure. Yeah, it's true. As evidenced by my reading all of these posts on my cell phone. You know what, though? Like, some people don't like technology and they don't like having, like, like a computer phone, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're one of those people, but you still need to be reachable um, as a human with a phone, like, for job stuff or, like, friend stuff, uh, but you don't want, like, a full-on smartphone and you don't want to pay for data and shit, maybe get this Razer. It sounds like a pretty good option, to be honest. Uh, real talk though, how do these people watch pornography then? On a computer? I'm just kidding. Oh, you know um, what? They could just trade for that, um, the so porn those, from last week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Vanessa's, the, uh, uh the, the, what was it? Like a whole garbage bag, like full of magazines? Duffel bag. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to be like lo-fi, Buns really has you covered. Absolutely. Oh my God. Oh, I'm falling asleep currently. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well. Time difference. Sorry. Yeah, and and all the um, it's just too much fun this week at uh, the Garrison because uh, the Buns was running Canadian Music Week at the Garrison. So. Oh, I saw that. I actually follow Buns on Instagram, so I was watching all the Instagram stories of all the performances and stuff. Yeah, it's been one hell of a week. Thank you guys for coming out and. Uh, Stick around for the interview. Until next time. Keep on buns in. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. So like I said at the top of the show, the interview this week is with one of the owners of my favorite Toronto bar, Tilt. If you like video games, you like drinking, and you like mixing the two, this place is for you. It's almost like an old school arcade. But more than just the arcade, we get into some stuff. The owners of the building that Tilt is in are trying to get them 
evicted, so to speak, but even worse than that, the building itself has some tenants that need that place, don't really have anywhere else to live, and they're under threat of being evicted as well. So the owners of Tilt have come together and are getting people to digitally sign a petition to help save the tenants. Have a listen. We talk lightheartedly about Tilt, about the business, and then we kind of get into the whole eviction. Uh, And if you want to know how to help, check the show notes for more information or go to podcast.buns.com for those notes. Anyway, here's the interview. here. Hey guys, uh, I am currently at Tilt Arcade and Snack Bar. Is that is that yeah. an accurate name? I mean, we like I think it's we we can never really figure out a right way to say it. So we tried to want people to know that it's obviously an arcade. It's obviously also a snack bar, and we cannot say barcade. Otherwise, the um, good people in Brooklyn will send me a very scary cease and desist letter. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay, well, so I did not say barcade. Uh, Tilt Arcade and Snack Bar. Uh, currently, currently my favorite bar in all of Toronto. Uh, and I am sitting down here with one of the owners. There's several, right? Yep, there's actually uh, four in total. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself so that people can get used to your voice? Okay, well, my name's Nathan Hunter. Um, a lot of people around the city know me as the Grunk. I've uh, managed and uh, owned concert venues out in the West End, and for the last three and a half years, I've been working towards opening my own arcade downtown Toronto. Amazing. I'm also joined with uh, the co-host of another podcast called The Crystal Ballroom, Vanessa. Hey, everyone. She is a very big video game enthusiast like myself. Uh, Okay, let's kind of just... Uh, start at the beginning here before Tilt you said that you uh, well first first of all where'd you grow up I grew up in Guelph Ontario actually Uh, okay and when did you move to Toronto well I I lived all over the country Uh, prior to moving to Toronto I moved to Toronto in uh, 2010 2011 okay and before that what were you what were you doing all over the country well I um, I went to university uh, at Carleton I studied legal studies and journalism after I um, graduated i thought that you know I might do the music thing for a while I'd been playing in bands the whole time I was in university and I played in a couple bands based out of Ottawa for about a year mm-hmm. and uh, had an accident and lost my ability to play guitar like a like I could before so I knew it was time to hang the guitar up and went to South Korea taught English there for a year then I moved to Victoria BC and just kind of lived there for about a year then back to Ottawa and then finally back uh, finally moved to Toronto and uh, then started managing some concert venues? Well, actually, I was working nine to five jobs uh, for a couple of years. And, you know, I just thought I'd be a guy who worked a job and, you know, didn't really do, do much of anything. And I started getting pretty depressed. So when I turned 30, I, I was out in Prince Edward County uh, with my girlfriend at the time. And I had a great conversation with a guy that made wine barrels. And I realized that I would never go back to an office job again at the end of that conversation. So... 
I looked over at her and I said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be quitting my job tomorrow. And so I quit my job with no plan and somehow fell into uh, doing concerts. And where were you doing that? Uh, well, the first place that I helped open and start was a place out in the West End called 3030. Okay. Um, I, I was there for a couple of years. Uh, then I had an opportunity to uh, do a space called Junction City Music Hall. Yeah. Um, I did Junction City for a couple of years. Now, when I left 3030, I had this idea to do an arcade bar and started kind of like working on the idea, working on the details, getting to know people within the sort of vintage arcade scene. And when the time was right um, and the right opportunity presented itself, uh, I got everyone together and we pooled our resources and we, we did Tilt together. And for the listeners out there who don't know, when did Tilt open? Uh, we opened November 16th uh, last year, so 2016. Yeah. Uh, my first experience with Tilt was, I believe, on the 19th. Um, somebody was out on the street, and it, I feel like it might have been you. It was definitely me. Uh, handing out flyers. <laughs> I was going to see a, sh- uh, a show at... Uh, why am I drawing a blank all of a sudden? Probably Lee's Palace. There we go. At Lee's Palace, and... It was me and my buddy Daryl walking down the street, and you're like, you know, we just opened this bar. It's got a bunch of video games in it. You'll love it. And we're like, nah, you know, I'm not really, you know, I don't know. And you're like, just come in. Just come in for like five minutes before your show. And, uh, you know, then, then uh, you, see, you see what you think about it. Maybe come back later. I was like, eh. we're like, okay, you know, we got some time to kill. Came in, and immediately we're just like, this is a spot. And every night that we come here since then, and it has been many, many nights, we stay until they kick us out because it is... It, like I said, in my opinion, one of my one of my favorite bars. But okay, so you had this idea to open the bar. Opened it uh, November of, of last year. How did you uh, find all these games? How did you figure out how to fill this up? Well, uh, that's what the three and a half years of working towards the project was about. So um, my uh, two of my partners, uh, Dan Beeson and Evan Oswald. Dan Beeson owns a uh, recording studio in Guelph, Ontario, uh, that doubles as a pinball museum. And he and I first got to know each other through pinball while I was doing 3030. And I guess initially through music and then, you know, we both realized we we're also really into pinball and also motorcycles. So we started hanging out all the time and I kept, you know, getting in his ear about this idea. And uh, one day he told me about this guy he knew named Evan. And Evan's a you know bit older than us. Mm-hmm. And Evan's sort of the, uh, I guess you'd say he's the guru of fixing vintage and retro uh, games in the city. Yeah, I, I always see him uh, tinkering with one of these. Yeah, he's he's the older guy that looks like your dad. <laughs> yeah, well, y- speaking of vintage games, because there's some games here that um, I've never seen before. Uh, who who decides what, you know, or who decided, I guess, what comes in and out of here? Extensive text message conversations that would probably seem incredibly dorky to everyone else, but... We've got, um, we actually have a warehouse full of games that are in different states of repair. Right. And we try to change at least one to two games out each month. Um, make sure that things stay fresh, stay different. And we try to listen to what people are asking us for. So if someone comes up to us and they're like, you know, I'd really love to see NBA Jam. And when we first opened, we didn't have a NBA Jam cabinet. Yeah. So, you know, we kept getting, hearing that. And, you know, sure enough, we were able to find one out in the States that was in, you know, not necessarily a state of repair. So Evan jumped in the car, drove all the way down to Hagerston, Virginia. Yeah. Bought an NBA jam, drove all the way back 
And then, you know, one day we put it in here and pretty much worked on it until it started working just in time for people to come in. That's amazing. I've actually been bug, uh, putting the bug in, in one of your ears as, as far as Golden Axe is concerned because that's a, that was a big one for me as a child. And it's a, the only problem is the four-player one, so it's a, kind of a large cabinet. But Yeah, see, I don't see four-player games as necessarily a problem. Um, actually, we, one of the things that we've noticed and we're really trying to do is find more and more multiplayer games. Yeah. And um, the reason for that is it gets more people involved. And it's a lot more social. I mean, it's more fun playing with your friends, right? Absolutely. I mean, that Ninja Turtles is a is a pretty, pretty big staple, I'd say. Um, speaking of staples, though, one game that I do not see rotated out ever, uh, also one of my favorites, but a single player, is Ice Cold Beer. That game will never leave. So, for those of you who don't know, it's a very simple, old school game where a bar slowly moves up. Uh, I don't know a plank of wood with holes in it and you're trying to maneuver the bar such that a ball on it rolls into specific holes and it sounds I don't know if that sounds complicated or simple or whatever it is but it's easily one of the most entertaining games I've ever played it's actually the first game that came in here so while we were still renovating the space yeah um, we, we had run out of room in the warehouse and that was on our list of absolute must-have games yeah yeah so um, it came in here and we actually worked on the game while we were working on everything else in here and it will never leave because it's obviously one of the most popular games yeah and even though we're fixing it all the time and it's just a total hunk of junk it can't go so I got some questions some some Let's get nerdy for a second here before we continue. What is your favorite game in the bar? Well, I'm going to say something crazy. I'm actually a lot more of a pinball guy than a video game guy. Well, that's um, fair. So for me, uh, it's Williams Taxi. Just a beautiful mid-80s uh, Williams game. Uh, it's a System 11, which is sort of, I think, one of the, the beginning of the golden era of pinball. Okay. Where they, you know, a lot of the features that you'll see on a modern table first start showing up. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's... There's not an over-reliance on licensed themes. So, like, you know, it doesn't have to tie into a movie. It doesn't have to, you know, fit anything other than what the designer really wanted that game to be. And although there is an interesting licensing uh, issue, um, there are rare versions of that game that have Marilyn Monroe on it until uh, I guess they must have received a cease and desist for using her likeness. That's So you're a big pinball guy. Then I feel like you were... Uh, very subtly throwing shade at your episode one pinball machine over there. Ah, uh, yeah, because it's on the arcade side. That's, uh, the, I mean, the episode one is, I mean, it's got a reputation as one of the worst pinball games ever made. But it also has, um, it has a unique historical place uh, in the history of pinball. Is it one of the first to have that hologram type deal? Okay, yeah, the integrated screen. So what, what that actually is, is um, it's part of a... Um, part of a platform that was designed by Williams uh, called the Pinball 2000 platform. Yeah. And uh, within that platform, they only ever made two games based on it. They made that and another game called Revenge for Mars. Okay. Revenge for Mars is an absolutely astounding game. It really shows what you could do with the technology. But Star Wars Episode One happens to be the last game that Williams made. Okay. And the reason for that is Williams invested so much money into the license to tie it in with Star Wars Episode One, yeah, and at the same time, uh, George Lucas, being you know a well-known control freak with a weird obsession about no one knowing what was going to happen in uh, Star Wars Episode One, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't let anyone work on the project other than one designer and one programmer. 
Wow. So the game, when the game came out, it was buggy as all hell. It was an absolute dog. Yeah. It was you know, one, of, one of the worst games ever made when it first came out. And um, that in con- combination with the fact that pinball sales were declining quickly, uh, Williams just completely scrapped making pinballs after that. That was it. In many ways, that was the end of pinball. That was the death knell right there. That was it. I mean, you know, don't, don't tell your fortunes to Jar Jar Binks. So being a big pinball guy, have you ever been to a place in, in New York called Spin Cycle? I, I, I know about it a lot, but I haven't been. This summer, I actually took my motorcycle all through the States. Yeah. But New York was one of the cities I didn't go to. Yeah. Uh, mostly because it was too expensive. And um, But no, I, I know about so laundromat meets pinball arcade, and yeah. someday I will absolutely go. Oh, I feel like that that's kind of like y- your haven right there. So are there any games in the bar or not in the bar that you'd like to see? You know what? We got uh, we got Ivan Iron Man Stewart's Off-Road last week, and that was really the only arcade game that I was really, really jonesing to get in just because oh, I have so such fond sweet. memories. Oh, it's such a good game. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at it right now, just remembering m- my younger self going to 7-Eleven and pumping quarters into, into Off-Road. I was going to say, what about you? Are there any arcade games that you'd like to see? I know that you're a big gamer. Jump in here. There's one that I played a lot as a kid. I can't remember the name of it. But it was... Describe it. Yeah, so it was like um, a Fatal Fury type game, but the characters you could choose from were these highly stylized anime ones, and you had to grab gems, these giant floaty crystal gem things, huh. and they would like power you up as you played through the game. It almost sounds like a, that Dreamcast game. Uh, oh, shit, what's it called? Power Stone. I think that actually might have been it. Okay. So it, was, it wasn't that long ago then. Or well, this would have been... Maybe about things. 12 years ago at a Palladium. Sure. That sounds about right. Mm. I, may, I mean, I'm old, so that probably sounds about right. But, uh, yeah, okay. So you'd like to see some Power Stone. Yeah, I'm all about fighting games that are, like, a bit weirder mm-hmm. or a bit sort of, Ooh, speaking of fighting non-standard. Games, what about Killer Instinct? Uh, I feel like that's a probably a big one that people will... We're um, we've we've been debating that. We actually just put Mortal Kombat three in. Ooh, um, that came in uh, about I guess maybe four or five days ago. Yeah, uh, it's still going to need some work. We've noticed a few quirks since we've had it up and running. Yeah, but we've been debating between um, between uh, sorry, what was the game? I want I, oh, I want to say Tek- Tekken, but I should say Killer Instinct. Yeah. Okay, so the reason why we initially didn't put Killer Instinct in, we actually have a Killer Instinct. Yeah. Uh, in in the warehouse right now. It seemed a little bit too dark. Oh, interesting. And I guess that makes sense. Although Mortal Kombat's pretty, but I guess it's over the top dark or whatever, so it's not as. Yeah, even yeah. even to be honest with you, Mortal the the Mortal Kombat three was probably more to do with the fact that when we picked it up, it was in such good shape that we're mm-hmm. just like, well, why don't we just put it in here and do the touch ups while it's in here as opposed to giving it like a full uh, a full refurbishing. Yeah. But there's also you know as a bar owner, I try to discourage things that will encourage people to fight and that's always a fine line to take fair which weirdly enough in my experience being here the one game that i see people being just the worst to each other about is uh street fighter people get so mean when they're playing that game it's insane like i've seen couples like just saying the rudest meanest things to each other and my jaw's on the floor it's funny because I, I feel like, for the most part, the the crowd that, that inhabits this bar 
it's a very like welcoming uh, sort of inclusive place because I'm not I'm not usually one to go out ever really if we're being honest at this point a lot of working and a lot of whatever but he I, I'm comfortable here because it almost feels like home I mean you've got you've got like almost the 80s basement set up in the front there with the with the regular Nintendo and then in the back uh, I feel like a lot of people miss this but there's ski ball and a little N64 going on as well um, why why specifically Nintendo or original Nintendo and N64 well, let's. Um, I, can I get back to the other thing you said first? And I promise I'll answer that question. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. What you said about it being a space that makes people comfortable. Um, none of us are really bar people. Yeah. This, like the, the folks who started this place. None of us really, you know, hang out at bars all that much. Um, actually, uh, two of us get really anxious mm-hmm. when we're in bars. So we want to make a space where people felt comfortable and welcome no matter who you were. And it's the thing I really take the most amount of pride in with this project is that every night that I'm in here, I'll see people all over the map, you know, different, different cultures, different age groups, different styles. And, you know, in a city that's so diverse, it seems like despite that diversity, we don't necessarily always interact with each other. Yeah. And that's something that, at least for me, I've always been an outsider my whole life. And to see, you know, a room full of people who don't have to feel like outsiders and actually, you know, are all enjoying the same thing in a really positive way. And obviously, if you you know look around the space, you'll see signs, you know, encouraging people to be nice to each other. Yeah. It's, it's not a tough concept to wrap your head around. And yet it seems like too often we miss we lose sight of that. So, you know, for me, that's really, you know, if at the end of the day, it's a bar. I get it. But. That's something that you know. At least I take a little bit of pride in. Yeah. And as far as why why the two Nintendos, well, I wanted the first thing that people experienced when they came in is to immediately be transported back to something that is very deep, very. It touches on something that you can't quite put your finger on, and yet you described it perfectly: the '80s basement rec room, video game room, because that was my '80s basement, and that was my friend's '80s basement. Right. And, it seems like we all had that bad couch and those wood paneled walls and that NES. Mm-hmm. And if that's the first thing you see when you walk in, you're already in the right headspace for everything that's going to come next. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Well, speaking of the 80s basement, I uh, brought with me a Nintendo Power Pad. So I hope that at some point uh, I can challenge you to a game of track and field. You have my word <laughs> that we will be setting this up. In fact, I'll tell you what, you name a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night when it's a little slower. Yeah, yeah. We're going to set that up in the 80s living room. All right. And we will be playing track and field until one of us twists an ankle and has to go to the hospital. Game on, man. Game on. Well, so to go back to your point about inclusiveness and this being like a comfortable spot, do you think that that has something to do with the rise of the, not arcade bar, because this is the first real arcade bar I feel like that I've been to, but there's a lot of video game oriented bars these days opening in Toronto. Do you think it, it, it it's because people are looking for those spaces? I think part of it is like people, I, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think the first one is people are looking for something to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a long time, you know, that, that's been pretty limited, like outside of, you know, you could go to a pool hall, but, you're just playing pool and you know pool halls have a certain vibe that doesn't really appeal i think to a lot of people under right. the age of 30 
and then other other than that what other things you know when you go to a bar are there to do besides drink maybe listen to music that might be too loud yeah and you know i i i love live music that's really really what my background's in but you know outside of that what else is there to do and i guess some people would say dance but i'm not one of those people (laughs) so what about you why do you think there's a, a rise in the video game bar um you know in toronto as a gamer i feel like you'd have some insights I think there's a couple of things playing into it. I think a big thing, um, which is sort of hand in hand with why um, sort of gaming in a lot of different forms is becoming really like vintage gaming is becoming popular is that um, there's a certain demographic, age demographic of people who are coming into money where they can go and spend it on things that give them sort of that nostalgic response. And video games, I think it was a really big thing for you know, people, you know, in their thirties ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, to me, it just makes sense that that's how they're combining is, you know, young people want to go out and have fun, but the specifics of how they're spending that money when they do it yeah. is based in these like nostalgic roots. So I'm with you in that whole thing, except how do I come into money? <laughs> because I, I'm missing that, that portion of this whole equation. It's relative. Okay. <laughs> not not to make it a pitch for this place, but oh. we've, we've got a slogan yeah, that okay. we always will repeat to each other. Whenever we're having business discussions, like how are we going to do something? How are we going to price it? How are we going to... I always, I always try to come from the standpoint. I, I mean, I went through a lot of my life with no money. Now I have no money, but a few more bucks than I did seven or eight years ago. And right. for a lot of people, you know, going out it's a cost and you know rent's going through the roof everything's getting more expensive but no one seems to be making all that much more money for most folks under the age of 30 and even in their early 30s so mm-hmm. i wanted to design a place where you could actually come here if you only had 20 bucks you can still come in no pressure on you to like stop playing games after a certain hour it's just five bucks play all the games you want be a nice person to the people around you you can still buy a beer and get some food and have a few bucks left in your pocket to get home. Yeah. And, you know, for dropping, you know, 20 bucks doesn't get you a lot these days, but knowing that you got a place you can come for that, that that's something that, you know, we really wanted to do. And our kind of internal slogan whenever we're having these talks is enough, don't be greedy. I like that. I think that's an important point to reiterate. Um, and I think it's another reason why me and my friends keep coming well it's not even one of the reasons why we keep coming back here but it's a nice bonus is that uh to come to tilt there's just a small cover and all the games are absolutely free so uh you can come and play as much as you want if uh you know if you're the reigning champion there's no there's no quarters waiting on the games you just kind of go on so i think that uh i I like your i like your slogan but so to kind of get back to you know, you you mentioned that rent is going up and uh, salaries not accordingly. Uh, I think that's probably a good segue into uh, speaking of renting. You're having some some issues with the building you're in, and I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up. Yeah, it's uh, it's real real situation uh, right now. Um, essentially, back in uh, early February, the building sold. And the new owners of the building, who I'd never met before, they showed up, um, introduced themselves as the new owners of the building, and then passed me a lease termination letter. Um, 
which was pretty ice cold, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, I found out that everyone who was in this building got the same letter. Uh, the only difference was our lease uh, protects us for 12 months. And there's, there's some other issues surrounding that because we actually did have a right to buy the building. And that's what we're currently trying to do. Okay. Uh, we weren't given the opportunity to buy that building. So at the moment, uh, we're, we're obviously dealing with lawyers. Um, yeah, yeah. We have a very strong case with a fair amount of precedence that we did have not only have a right to buy the building, but there's a obvious breach of contract and we can unwind the sale and be able to purchase the building, which would be ideal. But before that happens, there's something that's a lot more important. And something that's a lot more on my mind, and that's the folks who live upstairs. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have 11, 12 months to sort this out. They sure as heck don't have the kind of money to hire lawyers to sort this out. Right. And uh, they're already in the process of being evicted. Wow. Okay. And, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of First Nations people that live upstairs. Mm -hmm. uh, the rent upstairs is about 400 to $450 a month. And if they get turfed out of here, it's not like they have anywhere to go. Yeah, that's tough. So um, I know that you s set up a, a, a petition. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can go if they want to help out? Okay, well, the petition's uh, specifically about one of the tenants. And the reason why I mentioned only one of the tenants on that pe petition is you know, to personalize it a bit more. It's one thing when you say tenants. It's mm -hmm. another thing if you ever have the opportunity to meet Danny Beaton, Danny's a uh, Mohawk elder. He's in his late fifties and he's been a environmental activist his entire life. Uh, and also an artist. And he's lived in this building for 28 years. Yeah. And if you ever get a chance to meet this guy, you will feel different after you talk to him. And I'm, I'm not much of a sentimentalist. I wouldn't even really describe myself as being overly political. And yet, you know, I got to know the tenants upstairs since, you know, we bought the space and they've always been really, really good to me. Mm -hmm. And then as the situation developed, I started checking in on them every couple of days just to see how things were going. Yeah. And the more I checked in on them, the more I got to know them as people. And it just something didn't sit right. And I'm doing everything I can just to encourage the landowner, sorry, encourage the landlords to do the right thing and don't evict anyone until we solve this legal stuff because if we end up buying the building, we're not going to be evicting people. That's not how we roll. Yeah. So if you go to our website, um, there are a couple posts explaining our position, uh, explaining what the situation is, and finally there's a link to a petition asking the new landlords not to evict Danny Beaton. Okay, so what is the website for those uh, out there who don't know? Obviously, I should have thought of saying that. It's www.tilttiltoronto.com. Tilttoronto.com. Okay, so I strongly suggest that everyone go there, check it out, sign the petition, because uh, it sounds a little bit heartbreaking. You know, I was, I was heartbroken enough when I heard that uh, the bar was in trouble, but to hear that there's people's lives, uh, you know, kind of in the balance well, not lives, but, y you know, their homes in the balance. I think that... Uh, I think it's actually fair to say lives, man. I mean, when you're uh, looking at having to go into the shelter system and what might come after that, yeah. you know, it, it's not as if you can just leave one place and find a new lease. Our, our vacancy rates are 1.3% in this city. Yeah. And you're sure as shit ain't going to find something for 500 bucks. Yeah, rent in this city is just out of, out of control. 
So yeah, I strongly suggest everyone go to the site, uh, sign the petition. You know, read 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 the the posts and and uh, kind of inform yourself. Sign the petition and uh, let's help save some of these some of these spots for these people. Uh, before I let you go, can you give us some wine barrel wisdom, some final thoughts on uh, maybe convince me to leave my office job and I don't know do something something cool well i think you're doing something pretty cool right now i mean you know it's uh we're, we're doing this interview and you, what what buns has done over the last couple of years in a lot of ways it's incredible because it's built its own organic community and obviously like any community there'll be ups and downs there'll be pluses and negatives and but at the same time, when you look at, you know, the idea of building a community around exchange yeah. and exchanging things as opposed to selling things to remove that commercialism and that consumerism, you're already well on your way. And, you know, as far as, you know, any sort of wisdom that I can offer is that we're all going to die, man. We're all going to die sooner than we want to. Yeah. So I just realized, you know, do I want to work the next 30 years for a pension and then I'm too old? too broken down to actually enjoy that or sure. could I make a little or a lot less money and do exactly what I want to do with every day that I'm able to have on this earth and it, it became a real real simple decision for me and then a couple of years after that I ended up getting cancer and Whoa. I, I after that moment man every day is so fucking beautiful that's uh, that's all I can say that's pretty incredible. I feel like you buried the lead there a little bit. Wow. <laughs> I'm, my mind's blown. Oh, it's not that big of a deal, man. Oh, well, I mean, people get cancer all the time. I just got lucky I didn't get cancer that was going to be as big of a deal as what a lot of other people deal with. And, you know, I don't want to paint it as some heroic thing. The only thing I can say is that you get this moment where, you know, you're, you're sitting in an ultrasound room mm -hmm. and there's this pause and they say, we need to get, get a radiologist to see you right now. And they don't say another word to you and they walk away and you're alone in the dark. And a lot of thoughts go through your head at that point. And at least for me, the only thought that went through my head was all I could do is make every day as beautiful as I possibly can because you don't know when you're going to get the next one. I think that's uh, I think that that is some some barrel with some wine barrel esque wisdom right there. And all I'll say to finish this off is. If you are somebody who, uh, you know, wants to enjoy their, their days to the fullest, perhaps spend one of those days playing some video games with me and uh, my friends here at, at Tilt Arcade and Snack Bar. Thanks for sitting down and chatting with me, man. Hey, thanks a lot for coming to see me. I really appreciate it. band calling themselves we are not who we are i don't know anything about this band but the imagery has gotten me sucked in i'm not sure what song i'm going to play just yet so i can't really list it off but if you want to check them out it's we are not who we are all one word dot bandcamp.com so again it's we are not who we are. Bandcamp. Com. <laughs> <laughs>
check it out guys until next week 